are listening to Chaos on the Set's special Oscar predictions episode. You're on with two of your usual hosts. I'm Shruti. And I'm Mike. And by popular demand, we have our favorite recurring guest. Actually, I probably shouldn't say that. I'll get people mad at me. But the smartest Oscar expert I have had the pleasure to talk to. And I'm very lucky to have her on again so I can win my office predictions poll. Jesse, thank you for joining us again. Thank you so much for having me. I'm blushing. So. <laughs> This is the episode to listen to if you want to know what you should bet on for the 2022 Oscars. We will be going through every category saying who we each individually think will win. Maybe we'll do a little bit of who should win. We have some Vegas odds to tell you about. And then as we get towards the end of the show, we'll talk about some extra categories that the Oscars have added and also get into some prop bets. So we got a lot of categories to go through. So without further ado, Mike, would you care to get us started with the first category? I would love to. And we're going to be going in order that the awards were presented at last year's Oscars, albeit the whole debacle saving Best actor for last. We will do that before best picture. Uh, But without further ado, kicking us off is the category of best original screenplay. The nominees are Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. Um, Vegas odds makers have Licorice Pizza as a slight favorite at plus 100 over Belfast at plus 130. And real quick, the way that odds work, uh, minus numbers are heavily favored and then plus are underdogs um so the higher the number and a minus it's a higher favorite but two plus numbers plus 100 plus 130 means it's a really really tight race both of them at positive money um should i go first yeah sure all right i have for my will win belfast and my rationale is that It won the Critics' Choice Award. It didn't win the WGA Award. However, it was ineligible for the WGA Award. So I don't really take that into account. And I think, you know, as we were going into um, Oscar season, you know, a lot of people were saying Belfast uh, was kind of tied neck and neck with either The Power of the Dog or Coda to win Best Picture. I feel less confident about that, but I think that initial chatter at the beginning of Oscar season will give it the screenplay nomination, just like, uh, you know, giving Get Out the screenplay win was like, you know, this isn't going to win Best Picture, but it's a sign that the Academy really likes and respects this movie. It's so funny that we're starting with this category because this is maybe the one that I'm back and forth on the most. Um, I think Licorice Pizza was my number one uh, safe bet for this category until Don't Look Up won the WGA. Um, I don't know. Right now, my gut is still sort of going with Licorice Pizza. I think that the Academy really loves Paul Thomas Anderson. He doesn't have an Oscar. Um, Belfast didn't even win the BAFTA, which is a little surprising because he's Sir Kenneth Branagh. Um, I think it could go either way. Uh, Licorice Pizza not winning the WGA really surprised me. I think it's been maybe one of the larger surprises for me. I also really, really disliked that movie, so part of me wonders if it's going to win just because I don't like it. <laughs> um, but As a personal <laughs> affront to you specifically. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm self-centered enough to believe that that is the case. Um, so, you know, I'm really between Belfast and Licorice Pizza on this one right now. 
I'm still going with licorice pizza just because of that BAFTA win and also everybody likes PTA and they'll want to reward it. But at the same time, they'll probably want to give Belfast something. They have way, It has way more nominations. This is the category that I am struggling with the most, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's a very tight category. One of one of the most contentious, I think, across the entire slate of awards. I'm with Shruti on this one. I think I'm going to lean Belfast just because it did win the Critics' Choice Award. I feel like, um, you know, just looking at track records, Critics' Choice seems to do pretty well in comparison to choosing like uh, Oscar winners. Um, And like you said, the WGA going to Don't Look Up over Licorice Pizza was certainly a big surprise. And I think Licorice Pizza in general might just be hurt by the fact that it doesn't have many other nominations, whereas Belfast you know, is a pretty widely nominated film, I think maybe third behind Dune and Power of the Dog. And I feel like this might be one of the few categories where it stands a chance at winning an award. So maybe they give the nod to it for that. But also with the surprise win at WGA, I think Don't Look Up could be a good underdog bet, you know, in terms of the odds that are given to it, it, you know, if you wanted to take a risk, um, you know, I might splash some money on it just because it has that upset potential, but I am going with Belfast for my, uh, with my official, um, pick here. If y'all, so, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. If y'all were betting what should win and not what will win, what would you pick for original screenplay? I struggle to to say what should win because I actually haven't seen Belfast or King Richard. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, but I will say in a very unpopular opinion, I actually, out of the three that I have seen, I think I would pick Don't Look Up and I'm going to get hate for no, that. Yeah, I God. will. Yeah, I will. I will say it. <laughs> I'm a detractor, but I, um, I'll i say it. I don't care. I'll, I'd pick Don't Look Up. Wow, that hurts my soul because it also hurts the point I was trying to make, but I think Jesse will help. Jesse, what do you think should win? So in terms of original screenplay, because I, I love King Richard. I really enjoy King Richard, but um, it's sort of adapted on a true story. And, um, uh, there are a few very questionable scenes in the Grush Pizza that I don't understand why they're in there and I'm not sure and I actually I am sure PTA hasn't given a good enough explanation as to why they're included however I really enjoyed apart from those scenes licorice pizza it felt really fresh in some ways um and if we're going straight with like original screenplay I think I loved Belfast a lot but the stuff I liked about it wasn't necessarily a screenplay it was other the other things that were brought to it so I would probably go with licorice pizza and I don't know maybe it's unfair because the stuff that I liked was what Alana Heim brought to it um but uh, you know and maybe it's unfair because I'm also putting a lot of PTA's prior work into this win but I think he deserves an Oscar and I would have probably voted for this I think Shruti was hoping that you would say the worst person in the world. Oh, I was hoping you would say the worst person in the world. Because here's my theory. I think a lot of people, obviously my theory is not backed up by this current Zoom room, but I think a lot of people think the worst person in the world should win. I don't think a lot of people think it will win. And so I think ballots across the country won't reflect it. But I don't know. Sometimes a lot of should wins, i.e. Moonlight, end up translating into a will win. So I am not... 
uh, counting out my hope for a worst person in the world. I just won't be putting my own money behind it. My heart is behind it, just not my wallet. I'm wondering if I saw the screenplay written out for worst person in the world, if I'd have the same like reactions. And maybe that's kind of unfair because I did love that movie. And but just if we're looking at like screenplay, what's on the page? I, I'd be I would love to see a copy of that screenplay. I'll get you one. <laughs> That'd be so cool. <laughs> Moving on to another contentious category, Best Adapted Screenplay. The nominees are Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. In this category, Coda is the odds-on favorite at minus 165, and The Power of the Dog is the presumed runner-up at plus 140. So a slightly heavier favorite for Coda then licorice pizza is in the prior category um what are y'all thoughts on this one my will win for adapted screenplay is coda my should win is literally anything else yeah <laughs> but um that's besides the point i think that again if we're looking at wga awards drive my car power of the dog and the lost daughter were all uneligible um there is a fun stat that i learned from the little gold men vanity fairs podcast that five of the last adapted screenplay winners at the baftas have won the oscar except for moonlight and moonlight was like a weird situation where it was nominated for original screenplay even though it was adapted off of the play in moonlight black boys look blue anyway that is all to say that coda won the bafta this year and with that stat i think it will also win the oscar yeah i'm i'm in agreement here i also picked coda not for the same exact reasons um i'm really looking at, at this category as a precursor to the best picture um award right because i think a lot of what has been talked about i don't know shruti if you still stand by your dune claim but it really <laughs> seems like in the best picture race it's coming down to coda versus the power of the dog much like adapted screenplay it's only it's one of only three categories that coda is nominated in um and for that reason because Coda doesn't have a lot of opportunities to win, but it seems to be really beloved by the voters across the board that we've seen in other um, awards. And it, like you said, it's won the BAFTA, it's won the WGA. I'm going Coda as well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be Coda. Uh, people want to watch. People want to give it awards. People want to see them on stage. Um, I agree, though. I think that uh, I don't want to say the word deserve to win, but if we're talking about adapted screenplay which we are i've read the books for the lost daughter dune and power of the dog and the adaptions of all three of those based on the source material are nothing short of spectacular for all three of them when i read the power of the dog after having seen the movie i was astounded by what was on the page and what they brought to the screen what campion brought to the screen based on that and i actually do think it's a little bit of a travesty that koto will win this adapted screenplay award um i'm fine with it winning everything else but um considering the source material of the other options um i haven't seen the foreign film that code is based on um so i can't necessarily say that you know it did a good or bad job but just having read those books i i'm a little sad about this one but i'm happy to see it and win things another situation where the oscars are attacking you specifically Jessie. i know how dare they and i feel so you know it's such a lovely movie and i love coda but i just i you know it's kind of spectacular what the power of the dog brings across from a it, it the, yeah. the book is so interior it's so much based on what a person is thinking inside their head and lying to themselves and so the fact that they're able to bring it so clearly across on screen is 
kind of spectacular. Yeah. And I, I think you also, you know, to your point, Dune as well. I mean, all you have to do is look at the first adaptation of Dune to see how remarkable this one is. And I, I've never read the book because I've heard it's quite a slog, but um, I've, I've heard it's one of the most dense sci-fi works. And I suppose one thing going against it is that it's a part one. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with, with both of you. I think in this category, there's probably many other deserved winners over Coda, unfortunately. I mean, we'll get into it more when we probably get to best picture but i really do not think the script for coda is good (laughs) i watched it for the first time this weekend and i texted mike and jesse because i was so conflicted knowing that i have to root for coda to get my netflix won't win best picture until 2024 long-term bet correct but i just don't think it's a it's a it's a movie where while you're watching it you feel the plot beats like heavy-handedly being written into the script so the plot can move a certain way. And I just think that it's a great Disney Channel movie, but it's not a good movie. And I'm, again, I'm rooting for it to win Best Picture so I can win my bet. But it really, it hurts me to have it win Adapted Screenplay. There's some good stuff out there about how they had to learn how to adapt sign language into the script and to make sign language as funny as it is, you know, it can be kind of stilted if you're not a native mm-hmm. signer. Um, so I think there is a lot of merit there, um, but compared to the other things. Yes, you're totally right. I don't mean to discount, you know, the achievements in CODA because I do think, especially in terms of representation, it is a very well-created uh, movie. I just think the script, like, if you're watching a movie and can feel the plot beats, it's not a good script. I mean, if anything, it probably should have been nominated for some other awards right and i think that's it now that it's like gotten all this love it's sort of being cornered into just the three awards that it was nominated for but moving on because we have a, a huge slate of awards to get through here <laughs> up next is best international feature film the nominees are drive my car from japan flee from denmark the hand of god from italy uh, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom from Bhutan, and The Worst Person in the World from Norway. Can we all unanimously agree here that Drive My Car is a massive uh, favorite? I would say even a lock to win this award. The odds makers have this at minus 5,000, which just to give you some perspective, means that you would have to bet $50 just to win one dollar oh wow <laughs> yeah so it's a pretty it's a pretty heavy favorite i mean yeah it's nominated for director it's nominated for best picture it's nominated for screenplay like it's it's heavily favored i will say variety has um worst person in the world as their uh prediction for international feature and while i love the worst person in the world and i love chaos being thrown into the ring i i think this is definitely going to yeah. drive my car see that's interesting though because odds makers yeah. actually have flea as the runner-up favorite and so flea i mean flea is nominated it's one of the first movies or the first movie ever nominated across the three categories international feature animated feature and uh documentary feature that being said i think it's highest chance of winning something is documentary feature this is not where it's gonna win yeah it's gonna be drive my car <laughs> all right well moving on to Seemingly another lock, but maybe a little bit more opportunity for an upset. The category of best actor in a in a supporting role. Did I say that correctly? I just say best supporting actor, but I tried to be real official with how (laughs) they title it. 
And the nominees are Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Kotzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Now, last time, we all know, I was very high on The Power of the Dog, and I was all in on Cody Smith-McPhee, who, to be fair, at that point in time, was the heavy favorite. Signs pointed to him, but Jesse, to her credit, because I listened back to the episode today, dropped a little tidbit and said, I've heard, you know... Troy Kotzer might be might be coming from behind here, um, and I, you know, all signs winning the SAG, winning the BAFTA, winning the Critics' Choice, all signs point to Troy Kotzer uh, winning a triumphant win. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think Troy Kotzer is a lock here. I think that I've been hearing a lot of chatter that people aren't finishing The Power of the Dog uh, when they watch it on Netflix, and I think that hurts Cody's chances greatly because, no spoilers, but the end of The Power of the Dog, you know, is what gives Cody his Oscar. And with just past award shows standing, I don't see Troy Kotzer losing. Yeah, if if Coda wins anything, I think it's definitely going to win this. Um, I think the cast of Coda was just the White House today. Like, they're, they're already being touted as uh as uh you know rightfully so because i think the performances are the strongest part of the movie moving on to the other supporting category best actress in a supporting role the nominees are jesse buckley for the lost daughter ariana debose for west side story judy dench for belfast kirsten dunst for the power of the dog and anjanu ellis for king richard now this one also is even a heavier lock than Troy Kotzer, right? Ariana DeBose. Yeah, I mean, she won the Critics' Choice, she won the SAG, she won the BAFTA. I could see, just because uh, I asked my coworkers what their most chaotic uh, bet would be, one of my coworkers said Kristen Dunst winning for this award. And while I'm still going to put my money behind Ariana DeBose, I could see a world where Kristen Dunst gets her rightfully due Oscar for this. Especially because of how great the stories and the of her finding out she won, or she, sorry, her, her finding out that she got nominated alongside Jesse Plemons and all of that has been very sweet, and I think that could have contributed to her campaign. She is the odds maker favorite for runner up, I should add. Jesse, do you foresee a scenario in which Kristen Dunst could surprise and and win? I know you're a big West Side Story fan. <sighs> I I think it it has to, it probably will be Ariana. I think it's going to be. Um, I I I do. St- I, it's sort of imp- difficult to me to see a, a situation where everyone's like, oh, Ariana's definitely going to win. Let me throw in Kristen's name. I don't see it that happening in this situation. Um, Ariana went from reporting on the red carpet last Oscar season to, as ABC's designated reporter to potentially winning an Oscar. Um, she just, she blew through like four pairs of dance shoes. Like it's just like the best story. She's very active on social media. She's so charming. Um, she has a really great interview with um, Lin-Manuel Miranda on, uh, for the Vanity Fair that's worth watching. Um, she's doing all the right things, so. I'm excited to see her win. It'll be awkward though, because they can't cut to Rachel Ziegler in the audience because she wasn't invited. <laughs> She's now going to be a presenter. They're like rearranging her filming schedule. So weird. If you if you are unaware, Rachel Ziegler recently commented on an Instagram post that she was not invited to the Oscars. I believe the details were still unclear as to like 
what exactly happened there, but it is quite bizarre that a movie nominated for Best Picture does not have their leading actress invited to the Oscars. Well, you know, maybe over the course of the coming days, we'll get more clarity on that. But until we do, (laughs) the next category is Best Makeup and Hairstyling. The nominees are Coming to America, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. According to the odds makers, The Eyes of Tammy Faye is a somewhat strong favorite at minus 300, and Cruella is is pegged as the runner-up at plus 500. So not as heavy a favorite as uh, the two acting categories that we just discussed, um, but still a somewhat heavy favorite. Do you see any upsets in this category? No, I think this is going to Tammy Faye. I think that when you're doing makeup and hairstyling based off of real people, you have, I mean, oh wait, never mind. Cruella DeVille wasn't a real person. <laughs> um, you have like an added bonus. I mean, it could hurt you if you do a really bad job, but I think they did a good job. Yeah, I think this is this is done. And I feel like in this category, they seem to favor films that just really pile on the makeup and, and hair, like... It's not always the subtle choices that win, and I think I haven't seen the eyes of Tammy Faye, but it it looks like, you know, they really transformed Jessica Chastain. All right, so we're in agreement on the eyes of Tammy Faye. Will it win another one? I don't know. Tune in in about half an hour to find out. Uh, Moving on in a somewhat similar category, best costume design. The nominees are Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. The odds makers have Cruella at a pretty heavy favorite uh, with Dune as the supposed runner-up. Yeah, I have Cruella winning on my ballot. Yeah, it's deserved, too. The costumes are spectacular. There's, like, a dress made out of, like, garbage. That's wonderful. And, you know, we should note it won the Critics' Choice. It won BAFTA. It won the Costume Designs Guild. So it's it's also won, you know, many, if not all, of the precursors to this award so i'm in agreement i think cruella definitely takes the cake on this one moving on to a very big category but perhaps the biggest lock of the night besides maybe drive my car uh best director the nominees are kenneth branagh for belfast ryosuke hamaguchi for drive my car paul thomas anderson for licorice pizza jane campion for the power of the dog and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Uh, Jane Campion is the odds-on favorite, again, at minus 5,000. So I think those are the biggest odds that I've seen on on any category besides Drive My Car and Best International Feature Film. Um, I mean, there's no way. There's no way she loses this, right? No, I, I mean, she won Critics' Choice, she won DGA, she won BAFTA, and I very much look forward to having, after Chloe Zhao won last year, two back-to-back female directing wins. I am thrilled. I don't sound thrilled, but I'm thrilled. <laughs> I'm just tired. It, it's a good deserved win. I think everyone should be happy with it. All right. Well, there there's something, at least, in the category, in the books for Power of the Dog. I know it's sort of been fading from the limelight over the course of the last couple of weeks, and... I was very high on it last time we recorded. I still think it has some opportunity. Um, but yeah, if Power of the Dog is going to win any Oscars, it's it's certainly going to be uh, Best Director. Moving on to our next category, 
Best Sound. The nominees are Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. What are your thoughts on this category? I think it's going to be Dune. Um, I do think maybe West Side Story could be a potential runner-up just because people think like musical, sound, um, but I think this is Dune's. Yeah, I have Dune winning too. I mean, I saw Dune in IMAX and that sound blew me away. I mean, obviously we used to have two different categories of the Oscars, sound mixing and sound editing. And if that were the case, I think there was a possibility for West Side Story to win one and Dune to win the other. But now that they got lumped together and won't even be presented at the Oscars live, um, I think it's going to be Dune. Yeah, I'm in agreement here, as are the odds makers. Jesse called it. Dune is the odds-on favorite in West Side Story, uh, the supposed runner-up in this category. And yeah, to no surprise, Dune is the heavy favorite in a lot of different technical categories. So I, I, I'm i with you, Shruti. I saw it in IMAX. I think it was one of those Dolby theaters that really just pump in the volume. Um, and it was it was remarkable, so... Definitely see that winning there. Moving on to a more interesting category, maybe some lesser-known films here. I don't know if either of you have seen any of the films in the best live-action short film category. Um, I had the pleasure of going to the theaters and seeing all five of these back-to-back, and, and I'm really excited to see how this one plays out. But without further ado, the nominees are Take and Run, The Dress, the Long Goodbye, On My Mind, and Please Hold. Um, the theme of this year's live-action short films is just depression. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's every year, to be I, fair. <laughs> they, I mean, they are so dreary and sad, and like there's there's no there's no happy point about any of these. Just <laughs> just saying, um, but. Upon my viewing of them, I definitely thought the long goodbye was my favorite and also the best. Um, probably take and run number two. So that's what I'm going with. I think the long goodbye is going to win. And if there is going to be an upset, it, it will come from take and run. I have the long goodbye as well. Yeah, Riz Ahmed, it's really similar and uh, less intense than Two Distant Strangers, which won last year. Um, I had heard people like the dress anecdotally, but I think it's going to be the long goodbye. Moving on to our next category, now that we're all in agreement on Riz Ahmed and and the long goodbye, is best animated short. These I haven't seen. Uh, I would love to at some point if they are widely available. But the nominees are Affairs of the Art, Bestia, Box Ballot, Robin Robin, and The Windshield Wiper. Because I haven't seen any of these and I don't know too much about the category, I'm just going with Robin Robin because that's what the odds makers have as the favorite. But um, it's not that heavy a favorite if if either of you have any other picks in mind. I did go see the animated shorts uh, because I knew that it would be a little bit lighter than the live action shorts. So thank you for doing that service for us, Mike. Uh, But for Animated, I think Robin Robin is a Netflix movie, so accessibility-wise, I think that it's favored in that sense. It is the longest of the animated shorts, and um, at least in terms of generating buzz, usually short shorter films are better at generating buzz in the festival circuit. 
But now that Robin Robin actually has uh, Netflix behind it, I don't think it really needs the buzz in the festival circuit. And, you know, it's cute. Uh, I really like the animation style. I think it has all of the makings of an animated short winner. It has celebrities voicing. It's like... uh... Yeah, Richard E. Grant and the actress from Sex Education, Jillian... Anderson. Uh, I think Beastie is like the cool kids might vote for. Um, <laughs> my understanding is it's really upsetting. It's unbelievably upsetting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've heard good things about Windshield Wiper. I think Box Ballet might be the most palatable to people other than Robin Robin, but that Netflix's accessibility I think is key and the celebrity. All right. So this next award, the animated feature film. This is the big one. I know. Last time around recording, we had um, a really lively discussion about this one. I, you know me. I'm a, a Luca uh, a Luca backer. I know, Shruti, you love the Mitchells versus the Machines. Um, but without further ado, the nominees are Encanto, Flea, Luca, the Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Now, Encanto seems to be a pretty heavy favorite in this category. However, I don't know. What do we think? Could there be an upset? No. Yeah, I don't see an upset happening. I mean, uh, Mitchells versus the Machines won the Annie Award, uh, which is exciting. However, I think that there's, you know, been instances in history where the Annie Award does not reflect the Oscar. So I think, like, it has too much buzz. Everyone is obsessed with We Don't Talk About Bruno. It's all over TikTok. Like, I really don't see a world where Encanto doesn't win. Every year, film Twitter decides that they really like um, one of the animated movies that isn't the front runner, that isn't a Disney or Pixar movie. Last year was Wolfwalkers. They're always going to pick one, and then they're going to champion it until they die, and they're going to be very bitter about it. This year, it's Mitchells versus the Machines, and it's not going to happen, and film Twitter is getting in a tizzy about it, but... All these Academy voters have watched, who have children, have watched Encanto maybe a thousand times. <laughs> it's, it's stuck in their head. It's a wonderful movie and very deserving and is going to win. But Mitchell's versus Machines is better and should win. <laughs> <laughs> Last year it happened with Wolfwalkers and it drove me bananas because I liked Wolfwalkers a lot, but film Twitter is not the real world. Well, and I, I th- people forget. I think also... I- the difference is like Wolfwalkers I never even really had a hope I was like there's no way it's gonna win with Mitchells versus Machines I mean like it was released on Netflix it's not like a small it's a Lord and Miller movie they've already won animated feature for Into the Spider-Verse like it's not out of the question that they would win but that said I'm not betting on them so on my prediction ballot I'm I'm gonna go with Encanto because I agree it's it's certainly the odds on favorite. All signs are pointing to it winning. However, when I go to place my real money bets, I am going to place a small bet on the Mitchells versus the Machines um, because I really like the odds plus five hundred. Oh, so happy that, if you win. That means you know any bet I place at plus five hundred is gonna um, times my money by five. Simple math. Um, and like you said, Shruti, it did win the Annie Award, which isn't always a guarantee, but five out of the last six winners of the Annie Award have won the Oscar. The exception to that was Klaus, which was a fantastic film, by the way. Probably should have won, but that's for another day. 
Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll splash a little bit on the Mitchells of the versus the machines, but my official pick will be in Kanto. Although it should be Luca, uh, <laughs> moving on to best documentary short subject. And there's my Syracuse accent coming out for you. Documentary. Yes. We <laughs> pronounced the a, uh, the nominees are audible lead me home. The queen of basketball, three songs for Benazir and when we were bullies. Now, this one, purely by odds-making standpoints, is a pretty tight race between the Queen of Basketball and Three Songs for Benazir. Oh, interesting. And Three Songs for Benazir is Netflix, right? I I think Lead Me Home, Three Songs for Benazir, and Audible are all Netflix movies. I mean, I'm not saying that I've seen any campaigning for Netflix on their documentary shorts, so take this with a grain of salt, but I still feel like that will cannibalize each other and queen of basketball will win i've seen all the documentary shorts except we were bullies and that one actually sounds really really bad and i don't want to see it although it's going to be on hbo max like after the oscars which is weird um audible is really really good and i I think it would make a really cool like series like following these these students um but I liked Queen of Basketball by far the best. Um, and I sort of assumed Audible was going to win and was a little sad because I enjoyed Queen of Basketball so much. But um, so it makes me kind of happy that now it's the favorite. Um, but both Audible and Queen of Basketball are really good and worth watching. And Queen of Basketball is like a New York Times documentary. I think you can just Google it and it'll show up. Um, you can just watch it for free. Yeah, I mean, when I don't know too much about a category, I go with the odds makers. They're, they're right majority of the time that's why they have their job so i i'm in agreement here as well on the queen of basketball and that's good to know that it's so easily accessible i'll have to check it out before the oscars hopefully all right and moving on to another big category best documentary feature the nominees are ascension attica flea summer of soul or when the revolution could not be televised and writing with fire Now, this one, I think, is a really interesting category based on how the award season has played out. Um, You know, a lot of signs pointing to Summer of Soul. Um, It is the odds-on favorite. But I think Attica has... Uh I think Attica has potential to be on upset alert. Um, and And I like the value in betting it just because... It won um, at the DGA, which has a pretty solid track record for predicting this category. Um, so, yeah, this might be one where I, I stray away from from the norm. Well, if we're looking at past uh, Guild or past uh, award wins, Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised won editing for a documentary feature at the Ace Awards. I don't have any stats as to how much that foretells um, the documentary winner, but just from, you know, chatter of what people are supporting and excited about, I don't see a world where... Um, Summer of Soul doesn't win. If Summer of Soul does not win, I think it's going to go to Flea, or maybe that's just my heart wanting it to go to Flea, but I'm honestly surprised by Attica. I, that would be third for me. Flea, Flea is the odds maker's runner-up. I'm just going with Attica because it's a big underdog, and I, I want to mix it up here. But yeah, I think you're right. People love Want to add some Quest chaos? <laughs> I do want to add some chaos. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, I, some of the criticism I've seen of Summer of Soul is that it's just 
the clips are really good that they found and they just strung them together. Um, but it was a really enjoyable sit. The clips are spectacular. Um, and uh, I think people really like Questlove, um, who's been doing a really good job campaigning and that really can't be understated. So I'm going to say Summer of Soul, but I am... But Attica was really good, too. The documentary made some choices that I disagreed with, but overall, it was a really good story. I think it's on Showtime, um, which I still had because of <laughs> Yellow Jackets. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're all pretty... Flea, Summer of Soul, and Attica. That would be a fun mix-up, but I'm going to go with Summer of Soul. Or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised is a great subtitle. It is. It really is. Moving on to our next category, this one is is probably a lock unless anybody is willing to disagree but best visual effects the nominees are dune free guy no time to die shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and spider-man no way home i think we can all say that dune is is a very heavy favorite in this category yeah i have dune dune moving on to another sort of technical category i suppose best production design the nominees are dune nightmare alley the power of the dog the tragedy of Macbeth, and west side story now this is another category where i think dune is going to win dune is the favorite to win um but it is a closer race between uh nightmare alley perhaps yeah, this is the category where if I were to say Dune's not going to win one of the many awards that they're slotted to win, that it would be, this is, this is where I'd shoot my shot. This is where I would pick Nightmare Alley. I'm not a risk taker. I tend to go with my, with the, the, the safest choices. So I'd probably still go with Dune. But this is the one where it is the most likely of all the Dune ones to, to not be Dune. Um, I actually think Macbeth, the production design, is the best, but um, Nightmare Alley is a visual masterpiece if you want to sit through the entire thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's my thing is I just don't feel like I was surprised when Nightmare Alley squeaked into the best picture race, and I think that's just because they wanted to do 10, and so I don't really see a lot of love for Nightmare Alley, and so while I agree with you, Jesse, that if there was going to be a Dune upset, this is where it's going to be, I still think this is going to do. Are you sure there's not a lot of love for Nightmare Alley? Did you, I mean, literally like an hour before we started recording, uh, they released those stupid uh, anonymous Oscar ballots uh, and, you know, their behind-the-scenes look of a real Academy member and why they vote and I think they listed Nightmare Alley like number two or three on uh, on their best picture list behind Tick, Tick, Boom. So take that with a grain of salt. But <laughs> if, our, if our listeners couldn't tell, I was being very sarcastic there. But uh, yes, I'm in agreement here. I think Dune takes it. But Jesse, like you said, if there was going to be an upset, perhaps it's in this category. Moving on to another category. I feel like we've we've been going through a lot of these, but another category where Dune is the odds-on favorite. Um, perhaps more surprisingly, because I think there's actually a lot of uh, competition in this category, which is Best Cinematography. The nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, 
and West Side Story. So repeat nominees uh, between production design and cinematography. Um, Dune is the odds-on favorite. The Power of the Dog, the supposed runner-up. This is a great category where like all the nominees are feasts for the eyes. Um, I think Dune has it. I think they won uh, the Ace Award, which is the the Guild. Uh, Greg Frazier also was the cinematographer on on the Batman, so he's having a bit of a moment. And also, Dune definitely has the most cinematography. Uh, Power of the Dog, I, I I don't remember her name, but it would be the first female uh, c- cinematographer to win um, if the Power of the Dog won. And that one's also beautiful. I mean, they're all beautiful, but I think Dune right now is is the isn't sort of an easy lock in a stacked category power of the dog did win the critics choice awards which i think gives it a little bit of potential for the upset alert but uh you know dune has has done pretty well in other in other awards um the bafta the asc so oh asc i I, I said ace it's editing technically ace it sounds like ace so i get it oh yeah (laughs) I think I wrote it up. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement here. I do think Dune uh, takes cinematography. That leads right into our next category, which is best film editing. This one is, I actually think if there's one where Dune is going to lose, um, where Dune is the favorite, it'll be in this category. Uh, the nominees are Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, Dune is a very slight favorite betting odds at minus 110 with King Richard, believe it or not, uh, is the runner up nominee. Yeah, I have King Richard winning. I mean, King Richard won the Ace Dramatic Feature Editing Award, Tick, Tick, Boom won comedy. So it's not like you can say uh, King Richard is going to win just because it won the Ace Dramatic one. Uh, that being said, there is, you know, some correlation between Ace and Oscar. Not in the past two years. Uh, last year, I think uh, Sound of Metal won the Oscar for editing and Trial of Chicago 7 won the Ace. And then the year before that, Parasite won the Ace and Ford versus Ferrari won the Oscar. That year, though, 2022, when Ford versus Ferrari won, it was heavily favored to win the Oscar, even though... Um, Parasite had won the ace, and that was also the year that Parasite won, what, four Oscars, picture, director, international feature, and writing. And so I don't really take those stats into account when it comes to this, and I think it's going to King Richard. Um, The Oscar expert on YouTube, I was watching his video, and he had some stat that said, like, since The Departed, best editing has gone to a, a best sound nominee, and most and a lot of the times winner. Um, which makes me think it'll be Dune, just because King Richard isn't nominated for sound. Um, but I do think King Richard would be a fun win here, even though if I were voting, I would have picked Tick, Tick, Boom, but that's neither here nor there. I, I think, uh, Jesse may have hacked into my computer and is stealing my notes because I had, (laughs) I had the same, the same little tidbit that, uh, in many cases, the winner usually goes hand in hand with sound, which I, you know, we discussed earlier, Dune is a heavy favorite to win and, uh, King Richard, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, and Don't Look Up all weren't nominated, I believe, in that category. So if you're going by that, it's really between Dune and The Power of the Dog, which I don't think has a chance at winning this. And also, you know, King Richard did win Ace, um, but I feel like the winners have really been all across the board in this category, where No Time to Die won the BAFTA, which wasn't nominated here, 
West Side Story won the Critics' Choice. Again, not nominated here. So because of all the unpredictability in this category, I do think Dune being the technical marvel that it is uh, will, will prevail in film editing. Moving on to Best Original Score, one of my favorite categories at the Oscars. Score is one of the things I typically enjoy most in films. The nominees are Nicholas Brittell for Don't Look Up, Hans Zimmer for Dune, Jermaine Franco for Encanto, that rhymed, uh, Alberto Iglesias for Parallel Mothers, and Johnny Greenwood for The Power of the Dog. What do you all think is going to happen with Best Original Score? I mean, I have Dune winning by Odds Maker, or I mean, I don't know what the odds are. but It is the just, odds on you know, favorite. Okay. Yeah, I just, you know, chatter and I guess Vegas odds and stuff. I, I don't see Dune losing this. That being said, I feel like so much of the praise of The Power of the Dog comes from Johnny Greenwood's score. And I wonder if that, that you know, overwhelming praise will power through the chatter and give him the Oscar. I have Dune as well. I didn't realize that Hans Zimmer only had one Oscar. I mean, to say only, but I mean, he's Hans Zimmer. So, yeah. I, you know, I would like, like John Williams, you know, I, he's like that level. Um, so I was surprised that he only had one. So I'm not, so I feel like to say he kind of deserves a second. I can, like, people wouldn't be like, oh, he has one. I think that that wouldn't necessarily be an argument. Also, there have been, there was all those stories about him inventing instruments for the score and 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 dropping all his other commitments in order to do it and how he'd been um, imagining composing the score like for years so it's a really good story behind it um and it's a great score i've done work to it a little bit this year um i like johnny greenwood's score too i i agree with your assessment i i'd be happy with that winning as well but um for the reasons I've stated, I am I'm going with Dune for this category. All right, we're we're down to our last few categories here. Another interesting one, right off the back of original score, is best original song. The nominees are "Be Alive" from King Richard, "Dos Oruguitas" from Encanto, "Down to Joy" from Belfast, "No Time to Die" from No Time to Die, and "Somehow You Do" from. Four Good Days, which I've never even heard of. It's a it's a Diane Warren song. She's been nominated twelve times or something like that, and never won her best song. It's so sad. Poor Diane, and she won't win again. She year. was not going to win again, but it, it's just like one of these days, someone's just going to have to give her an Oscar. At seventeen, she'll win yeah. at seventeen nominations. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, it seems this one really is down to Dos Oruguitas from Encanto and No Time to Die. Um, do you have a, a favorite between those? And and if Dos Oruguitas wins, it will be Lin-Manuel Miranda's EGOT, correct? Because he's gotten his Emmy, his Grammy, and his Tony. It'll be an well, EGOT, and it'll actually be a PGOT because he's a Pulitzer too, and only, a, I think, two others. I think him and... Oh, wow. Uh, Sondheim or someone famous also. like there's oh. only two of them or something so this is the I mean I have those Oruguitas winning so I have this being the year that Lynn Egots which is contrary to the long term bet we probably made when we recorded our Encanto podcast <laughs> but that's okay I actually have No Time to Die um, No Time to Die is the odds on favorite 
music and lyrics by Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, which I feel like they're they're vibing. They are, I think, I don't know, I don't want to say equally as popular as Lin Manuel Miranda, but they're pretty popular. And they wrote the music for Turning Red, the best movie of 2022. Well, there's still about uh, nine months left to to say that with some certainty. But fun fact, both original songs for the previous two Bond films, Skyfall and Spectre, also won Oscars. But they were heavily favored. And I think that No Time to Die. No Time to Die is pretty heavily favored. Minus 350 is a decently heavy favorite. sure i mean i didn't mean by vegas odds i just meant by like chatter um which i obviously is hard to quantify and so i don't really have a you know that strong of a point here but tiktok is aren't voters shruti <laughs> if it was we don't talk about bruno i think that would be the favorite but dos Arguitas, i don't think people know as well and so that's why i'm kind of leaning towards no time to die um also, Richard Rogers and Marvin Hamlish are the ones that have the Pulitzer with, along with their EGOT. I needed yeah. to look that up because it was going to drive me. <laughs> um, but, I mean, those are names of <laughs> people that if are If Lynn doesn't – okay, just just for the record, let's long-term bet right now. If if Dos Origetas doesn't win, what year are we saying Lynn EGOTs? He wrote the music for the Little Mermaid live-action movie, so – whenever that's coming out i think they're <laughs> filming it now all right moving on to another contentious perhaps category one of the big ones on the night best actress in a lead role the nominees are jessica chastain for the eyes of tammy Faye, olivia coleman for the lost daughter penelope cruz for parallel mothers nicole kidman for being the ricardos and Kristen stewart for spencer now, I know this one, I feel like this award has perhaps had the most chatter outside of Best Picture. Am I wrong in saying that? I would say out of all of the acting nominees, this is the most up in the air. I mean, it, it hurts that BAFTA uh, had a, what I heard on Little Gold Men and a phrase that I loved is an underlap with categories and that no actresses overlapped in Best actress for an Oscar and best actress for a BAFTA. Um, Jessica Chastain did win the SAG and I thought that would be an outlier, but then she won the Critics' Choice. But I, I really think this is a Glenn Close situation where, you know, Glenn Close won all of the small awards for The Wife and then we got to the Oscars and people were like, guess what? I didn't watch The Wife and Olivia Colman's performance in The Favorite was amazing and they gave it to her. I don't see it going to Olivia Colman though. I just feel like now she has... Two Oscars, right? She won for the favorite, and then she won for. Doesn't she have a second Oscar or no? She was on stage a lot because of the Queen too. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yes, uh, the Crown. Oh, that's what happened. <laughs> literally, <laughs> the literally the same thing. <laughs> um, that's probably that's probably. Yes, yeah, she she's she has three nominations in total, including the Lost Daughter. She won. For the favorite she did not win for the father who, who do y'all have for actress i have justine because this one made me mad in retrospect because i should have realized like she's in a biopic <laughs> about you know she sings she cries she's wearing a ton of prosthetics in retrospect this was you know academy oscar catnip and i just sort of discounted it because everyone else did 
but this is her third acting nomination. Jessica Chastain almost won for Zero Dark Thirty, and if you look at her red carpet look for that evening, it's probably my favorite red carpet dress ever um, for the Oscars. It's it's her time. She has that narrative. Everybody loves her in the industry. She's constantly giving her time and money. She came out with that great statement about how she was going to support the makeup and hair people for, for Tammy. She's the producer on it. Um, I think she's the safe bet. If I was braver, I would put Kristen Stewart just because I do think that even though Chastain is the favorite, the margins here are going to be just like so thin because people are, I, I just think it's going to be so close that it, anyone could win. But I think Chastain just, I think it's more of a Renee Zellweger situation than a Glenn Close situation. Gotcha. Totally understand what you mean. And that's why we're friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm still extremely torn on this one. I don't know if I'll make up my mind until probably the very last minute. You know, Jessica Chastain is the odds-on favorite. Nicole Kidman, the supposed runner-up. Um, you know, if Jessica... Is she? By Vegas? By Vegas, Nicole Kidman is oh, the supposed runner-up. Kristen Stewart, third, I believe. Um, you know... If Jessica Chastain is to win, it'll continue that that track record of Oscar winners that also starred in The Help. Not that that's like a huge predictor, but <laughs> that's a thing people like to talk about. Not that I've ever seen that film. Um, I really want to go. I've never heard that. Really? Oh, it's sorry. That's so funny. It, yeah, the The Help has like an amazing track record with Oscar winners. I mean, you're right. Look, knowing what we have Emma Stone, um, Octavia Spencer, Viola Davis, and one of the other white women in The Help has also won. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like I can't think of the Help cast right now, but yeah, wow. It has it has a really good track record, um, and so. You know, she is the odds-on favorite. I want to go with Kristen Stewart. And it's tough because it's like, what do you weigh, right? Because Jessica Chastain has won big awards with SAG in Critics' Choice. But I feel like everything has been so weird. Like you said, none of them nominated for BAFTA. Um, You know, things have sort of been all over the place. And I I feel like I just don't – I don't think enough people have seen Eyes of Tammy Faye. But then my argument kind of falls apart because I really don't think that many people watch Spencer. Being the Carters doesn't seem that loved. So I don't really know what I think. I just – I don't know. I I just don't see Jessica Chastain winning. I mean, Kristen Stewart has won – the most awards just from the entire season if you take every little award that is is accounted for but jessica chastain has won the big ones i think if the seat and i this is like there's no way to prove this so i can just sound really smart because this is just no way i can ever be countered but i have a theory that if the oscar season were one month longer kristen stewart would win I think that the momentum is like kind of starting to slowly build for her. She's She's been around promoting this movie, yeah. but now I think people are really starting to see her just be like her cool self on red carpets and making very great speeches. And I think it's now people are starting to see it more. And I think if the season were a month longer, it would maybe have a little bit more momentum. And I mean, we'll talk about momentum probably a lot more when we talk about picture, but I just, the way that tides turn and the narratives turn, I think that with like a little more time, we could have gotten there. I don't think we are there quite though, but it could have happened. And I'm really bitter about it. You know what, Jesse? You got me. I'm doing it. I'm betting Kristen Stewart. You got me. 
you know, I think when Spencer came out, a lot of people that did see it at that point in time was like, wow, like this is hers to win. And so maybe you are right. Maybe the the momentum is circling back. It was hers to win, but then she didn't get the BAFTA, and that's what's concerning. I mean, I can see why I wouldn't get the BAFTA, I guess. It's not very flattering to stereotype in the English, you know. Yeah, they probably they probably hated that. Uh, and I see why the other performances that were nominated for the Oscar might not have resonated with BAFTA, too. Like, they probably don't know who Tammy Faye is. Uh, you know, everyone knows who Judy Garland is. Um, same with even Lucy. Yeah. Um, I think that there might have been a culture disconnect. Olivia Coleman, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm going to go totally out of left field on this one. Cruz? I don't know if it'll be my official prediction, but I'm going to put money on Penelope Cruz. And I'll tell no, you why. I'll that. tell you I why. I knew he was going to say I'll tell that. you why. <laughs> because Penelope Cruz wasn't even on anybody's radar to get a nomination. And like, instead of betting on Penelope Cruz, just Venmo me $10. <laughs> like, no, you're no, burning your you, cash here. I'm telling you, Penelope Cruz, because totally out of left field nomination, and I think really good timing with the release of the film, and I think people love Penelope Cruz. I'm going to go back to that stat I mentioned last time we recorded. She's only the, uh, I might butcher this, but I think she's only the second actress or actor in general maybe to be nominated twice for a non-english speaking role um and so i feel like with all this competition going on why not penelope cruz why not and so i'm gonna put money on her no just venmo me just just venmo me look it's gonna be like five okay let's just you and i like five bucks let's you and i make a bet i'll give you the odds that vegas is giving you Okay, so five dollars to win eighty. No, no, don't. I don't have much money. <laughs> Those are the Vegas odds. Those are the Vegas odds Listen. plus sixteen hundred. Five to win eighty. It's gonna be really close, so close that I I don't think that's like a a wi- like a super super wild bet because it's just gonna be so close everyone does love Penelope and so because it's gonna be so close Um, I got I gotta take those odds they're too good to pass up so Glenn Close a woman who has never won an Oscar the the, as the Glenn Close thing was not in retrospect I think not as out of left field because Olivia Coleman did win the BAFTA and the Academy had recently become Mm -hmm. a lot more inundated with a lot more international voters um and no one had seen the wife and it wasn't nominated for anything else i think was it nominated for screenplay no and but so tammy faye is nominated for makeup and hair but it is nominated for something else and there wasn't a bafta um so i think it's a slightly different situation um and and anthony hopkins too did win the bafta you know what you're right you're right Um, everything is right that being said i still bet on case too i just i gotta (laughs) i gotta make something up here i'm betting on too many locks well you know fair enough we all picked different winners in best lead actress category i don't think we're gonna diverge as much in best lead actor maybe i'm wrong but the nominees are javier bardem for being the ricardo's Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. I know last time we recorded, both of you said, you know, Will Smith was a very heavy favorite. At that point in time, I was 
like I said before, all in on power of the dog. So I was going Benedict Cumberbatch, but I have seen the light and I have converted uh, <laughs> to Will Smith. I, I haven't seen the movie yet because they took it off of HBO Max, but the odds makers. I mean, you could have watched it on HBO Max while it was there. Okay, well, my the problem with HBO Max is that they give you a very short window, and I will not. 30 days is not a short anyway. Okay. Warner Brothers I'm hired a busy me. person. Um. I will not be blamed for this. It came out over Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, and I was busy watching The Godfather. <laughs> totally fair. All right. And. I'm going with the odds makers, and I'm going with Will Smith. I'm also going with Will Smith, but you should watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. I think I wrote in my notes. Okay, well, we can't watch them all. I wrote in my notes, Will Smith, possible spoiler, Benedict or Garfield, who cares? It's not going to happen. So I think that <laughs> that about covers it. And it's really deserved. I mean, he, and he's saying all the right things. His speech has been wonderful and always focusing on other people in the film. He's playing it perfect. A+. plus. All right. Well, that only leads uh, leaves us with the the big one for the night. How the Oscars should end with Best Picture. <laughs> the nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Great pacing. They should hire you to announce at the Oscars. Thanks. <laughs> and we're all in agreement it's going to be West Side Story. <laughs> there, <laughs> there we go. go. End, End of podcast. Of podcast. <laughs> um, so it, it's coming down to, I believe, and we can look at it a bunch of different ways, but right now I think it's coming down to Coda and The Power of the Dog. Correct. What are Odds-wise, what are we looking at? The odds... The odds are very close. Um, they have the power of the dog as a slight favorite, minus one fifty five, Coda plus one thirty. So it it is a tight race. Coda slight underdog. Okay, so there are a ton of ways you can look at what's going to win Best Picture. One of them is PGA winner, right? I think it's what eight times out of the last ten years the PGA winner has uh, predicted the Oscar most famously as Green Book. Uh, Coda won the PGA, so is it winning the Oscar? No. Interesting. Why? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna die on the power of the dog ship as it sinks. Um, my reasoning for going with the power of the dog is that while Coda does have some of the precursors as other upsets over the past decade, right? Um, whether it's winning ensemble cast, much like Parasite did, um, or being a shock winner like Spotlight was uh, back in 2015. It does have some of these markers as uh, the other films that have been best picture upsets. However, I'm still, I don't know, I'm still tentative due to the lack of other nominations. Like Spotlight had more nominations, uh, Parasite had more nominations and more wins. Um, and I think, you know, the track record suggests it's nearly impossible to win Best Picture without nominations for editing or director. Coda has neither. Um, and while Coda does seem to be picking up a lot of steam, and it certainly has surprised me over the course of the last couple of weeks, um, I'm I'm going with with the power of the dog, and that's why earlier I chose Coda 
to win Best Adapted Screenplay because the track record also suggests that screenplay does not typically align with Best Picture. So I decided to split them. Um, and I think if Power of the Dog wins screenplay earlier in the night, then I'm going to guess Coda is going to end up winning Best Picture. But I have them flip-flopped. I'm going with the Power of the Dog. I said it before, and I and I <laughs> have to stick to my guns on this one. It's interesting that you started your point with what has predicted upset wins because I think at this point Coda winning wouldn't be an upset. I I think it's heavily favored, uh, almost more favored than Power of the Dog. Not according to Vegas. Okay, but I'm on Gold Derby right now, and it's I feel like it's sixty forty Coda. Not according to Vegas. Okay. <laughs> Jesse. Vegas Vegas it, Vegas always wins. This is why they have money. All right. I mean a lot of people that I really trust on this, like I think I was telling Michael earlier the Oscar expert and he picked Hopkins to win last year and so I really trust him and and he said power of the dog. What's getting me here is with the preferential ballot and PGA's preferential ballot mm-hmm. as well. I just think a lot of people really liked Coda. And so I think that a lot of people that put a lot of the other movies, number one, number two, are going to have Coda really high, and they might not necessarily have the power of the dog high. So I think that it's just like a feel-good movie that people enjoy, and it's going to be a lot of two and three on people's list, and that's that's why um, I'm picking Coda. But I think you made a really good argument. I think that's the argument to make. I think if the nominations took place now... Coda would have gotten almost all the acting nominations. It would have gotten a Best Actress. It would have gotten Supporting Actress, Molly Mallon. Um, probably not Director still, but um, I think it would have gotten more nominations if the momentum had peaked at a different moment. So this is its moment. It's seizing on it. Um, you made a lot of good arguments, but I think I just got to pick Coda just because people are just going to like it more. <laughs> I don't see it not winning the preferential ballot. I think also Coda has gotten to uh, the stage of Twitter that I like to call my favorite genre of Twitter, which is the backlash to the backlash. Um, so we've seen the backlash of kind of what is my opinion, which is that it's not a great movie. Um you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I think it's structurally flawed. And now I'm seeing tweets like, you know, why can't people just enjoy a nice, good movie and blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> like the backlash to the backlash. And if you've gotten the gotten to the backlash to the backlash stage of your career, I think you're you're good to get the Oscar. Seems seems like a foolproof a uh, foolproof method. But do you know do you do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, because Twitter's been annoying as fuck. Twitter's been week. so annoying. Um, <laughs> by by all accounts. Um but yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm I I also agree with you. I actually I think I probably if I had to guess enjoyed Coda more than you. I really liked it as a film because it is uh, you know, a heartwarming story, and I love the diversity and inclusion. But I agree, like, I don't think it's a best picture winner. Um, there's nothing like overtly great about it from a film perspective. And I think, to a certain extent, like people have said, it is, and I hate to say it because it's a great film, but it's almost like a glorified 
Disney Channel Hallmark film. And that might be harsh, but... Um, our, our mutual friend, um, Shurtia Hrund, it, it works in sound. And she said something yeah. the other day about how the sound in Coda, they didn't even... How it's very... Like in the sound of, of um, metal, they really put a lot of thought into the sound um, developing, I don't know the right terms, to... to, to have it sound like a, what a deaf person would hear, because but in Coda it's just silent, and that's not some like a, my understanding. It's that's not necessarily so. The the thought isn't necessarily there in a lot of ways, even though I think from what I've read, this the signing is. Um, I don't know, it's some, but it's something I hadn't thought before in terms of the the craft of the movie. Let's move on to the prop bets portion of the evening. So we like to make a little bit of fun bets on the side that don't necessarily get decided based on what the Academy votes for, i.e. will Bronco Henry be mentioned in the end memoriam this year? Oh my God, no. No. <laughs> okay, that was fake. <laughs> but let's move on to more real prop bets. We should do an over-under bet on how many montages there will be. They've cut a significant number of categories from the live broadcast. I hope that allows for more montages. But I don't know what to set the over-under at. I mean, the In Memoriam already counts as one. So yeah, well, look, it should be higher than 1.5. <laughs> remind me, like, what have been some past oscar montages there was the 90 years of going to the movies montage that was really great um okay they're doing a tribute to the godfather this year oh yeah that'll probably be a montage should we say 2.5 and then but that's saying that's it i think 3.5 maybe because you have a minimum of two already with the in memoriam godfather memoriam godfather then a welcome back to the movies and then you'll also probably want to do one maybe if you do an announcement for like best cheer moment. And then you have a montage of people That's in theaters too. being like, ah, like. So should we set it at 4.5? What are the odds are that they do a Ukraine montage? Oh my God. I could see it, honestly. They're, you know, they're trying to. Amy Schumer already said she wanted to do. She wanted to have Zelensky like. Uh, zoom into the oscars so it's clearly on their minds it's on amy schumer's mind i don't think it's on if they do it at all it should be like mila kunis being like this has been a really tough year we've decided to donate blah 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 like in the spirit of blah 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 and then sit down yeah i don't see it being a montage i think there might be a montage of like some some like war footage i swear to god i think it'd be horrible I think it'll be horrible, but I think it's going to happen. Do we, will we have um, Gal Gadot singing Imagine? Oh, God. <laughs> I'd, I'd say set the over-under at 3.5. Yes. Because you can't set it at exactly like every single thing we said because there's a chance that some of them don't happen. So I say set it mm-hmm. at 3.5. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually take the under on that because because they're cutting things out of the Oscars in terms of like the awards, I want to – I feel like maybe they're just going to cut down on all the extra stuff in general first of all because they're making room for the other made-up awards and also i feel like they're going to give i feel like they're giving more time to presenters this year maybe it's i don't know i see the the lists come out of like people who are named as presenters and it seems like a lot 
So I feel like every person is going to have their pedestal to talk about stuff. Um, speaking of pedestals to talk about stuff, we should also do an over-under on how many people will bring up the uh, fact that some uh, some categories were presented before the live broadcast began. Uh, Jesse, you recommended to bet on just if it will happen. I feel like it'll definitely happen, and we should almost do an over-under on it. Unless y'all don't think it's certain. No, I, I think it'll definitely happen. I think Chastain at least will. And so that's one. If she gets on that stage right. instead of Kristen Stewart. Right. I think Kristen Stewart <laughs> would too. But you know, because, yeah. I, I, I would set the over-under at 1.5. Because I think... Interesting. I feel like 2.5. I feel like at least two people. It's like, you know how during the Golden Globes that year that Greta Gerwig was nominated, I think Natalie Portman at the Golden Globes said, here are the all-woman nominees, and then by the Oscars, everyone was saying it. I feel like it's that kind of thing where people have already talked about it so much openly that at least two people are going to bring it up. People in Hollywood are so self-centered that my, like, I, I want to go with what you're saying, Trudy, because I, I want to believe, but I also am very cynical, and I think once people get up there, it's going to be about them, so. Do you think 1.5 is the better bet? Yeah. Or the better median, I guess? Yeah. Alrighty. They're so I'll take your selfish. Word for it. <laughs> if Spielberg was going to win or something, I would think he might do it, but. I don't think Jane Campion's gonna do. It. Yeah, she she's already said too many controversial things. <laughs> write a speech. You gotta write a speech, <laughs> even if you're not gonna win. Yeah. You write the speech. Um, so we have Oscar fan favorite and Oscar cheer moment. I want to do a prop bet on basically how much of a mess it will be. And so how, I don't, how how do you how do you measure? This? <laughs> well, I don't know. This is why I'm asking you guys. Will you help me, please? I'll try. I think we could do something like, will it be back to back or will they cut to commercial right after? You know, they always go to commercial right after the in memoriam because there's nothing you can do after that that would be appropriate. And I almost feel like that has to be the fan favorite and cheer moment has to be treated in the same way. I think it'll be announced like before the ceremony and like an offhanded comment like, and congrats to our cheer moment. Like, da 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 da. And then like, like a, a voice will just say, you know, like they do the governor's words, like we had a great time. <laughs> These wings. Were- <laughs> I think they'll do it in the well, maybe not in the latter half, because I feel like that's when some serious awards start happening. But I feel like maybe in the middle where they're doing like hair and makeup and costume design and, and they think like, oh, maybe this is the time where we need to reinvigorate people. Let's remind them that Spider-Man is a thing. <laughs> so how about will the Oscars cheer moment be announced within the first two hours of the broadcast? Yes. Okay, cool. I'll write that down. Prop bet. Will I turn a profit on my Oscars <laughs> bets? I don't know. Tune in to find out. <laughs> well, that was a great teaser. On that note, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us and staying up late. I know I made both of y'all stay up very late to record this. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, waiting till the day Oscar voting ends to get this recorded. Uh, Jesse, will you? Do you want to share with people? I mean, I'm sure we'll have you back shortly to discuss something. But in the meantime, where can people find you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You were definitely worth staying up for. Um, you can find me on most socials at Book Jesse Is Better, um, and you can find me on Letterbox now that I'm very fancy and have a Letterbox account at Jess underscore two underscore kill. 
And you can also follow me on Letterboxd at mricardi. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Shruti Marate and on Twitter at Micro Marate. Um, stay tuned to our Twitters during the Oscars because I'm sure we'll be having a lot of fun there. You can also follow us on Twitter, social, or sorry, Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at Chaos on the Set. And we look forward to hearing from you on the Oscars. Please let us know what you think about these bets and what you think is going to win on Sunday.